Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the State of Our Workforce, Where Are We Now? This is an ongoing conversation at the National Fund for Workforce Solutions, where we explore issues at the forefront of workforce development in the wake of every month's Department of Labor, Employment and Jobs report. My name is Tom Strong. I'm the National Fund's Director of Employer Activation, and today I'm here with my colleague, Holly Marston, our Network Director. Hi there, Holly. How's it going? Hey, Tom. Good to be here with you. It's great to see you, too. So I'm sure you saw the same dynamic in this month's labor report as I did, which is that ongoing two steps forward, two steps back. There were good employment numbers. Unemployment itself is low. Wages are continuing to rise. But it's not the kind of steady, strong recovery that everyone has been hoping for. And there's a lot of uncertainty about where the economy is going. You've observed that there are some competing narratives that try to explain that. Can you say a little bit more about what you've what you've what you've been hearing? Yeah, well, and like your description of the jobs report sounds very much uh, it could describe 2021 as a whole for all of us in our experience. Um, but what I hear from folks in our network is that what they're noticing on the ground are these competing narratives that feel very similar, but are just slightly different right about this whole reason of where are the workers and the the one narrative is like well workers just don't want to work. Um, and the other narrative is all around while well, workers finally have some flexibility to take the time to not take the first job that comes their way. They, ha they have the time to take the job that actually allows them to support their families, to, to develop the, the training that they need to have the quality job that they want and need to have for their lives. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I want to come back to that issue of worker agency and worker choice, because I think that continues to be something that is happening in our society is quite exciting. I do think there's another dynamic as well, which is that relative to the size of our economy, our labor force is just smaller than it used to be. And in a lot of ways, that's really sad. It's a lot of people died of COVID and a lot of those people are actually still of working age. We also have seen very sharp decreases in immigration since the start of the pandemic. And that's it's not clear when that's gonna bounce back. Um, but the number of new entrants into our workforce has taken a nosedive as a result. And finally, a lot of people are still excluded from the labor force or from working the kind of job they want um, because they are younger people, because they are people of color. Um, what we often talk about in the workforce field is opportunity youth. And employers have still not figured out for themselves um, how to be good employers of those employees and welcome them into the workforce. And I think a lot of systemic power challenges we're seeing in our society are revolving around that. It's, it's true. And it's why we continue to beat the drum that we can't just focus on hiring. It's an important component, but we also need to be bringing the retention conversation in. And one of the things that I'm keeping an eye on right now is the fact that we have our first Starbucks company owned store that has now unionized. Starbucks has said that they are going to be working with this store um, and it's exciting. And it's I'm so curious to see what the ripple effect might be, if any. We are at a time now in this country where Americans are supporting unions more than they ever had. 68% of Americans support unions in this country, according to Gallup. We haven't seen those numbers since 1965. So there does seem like there is this movement to a, a greater systemic shift 
in the power dynamic that we're not just tinkering around the edges when it comes to job quality by offering signing bonuses, increasing wages, you know, by a little bit. Those are meaningful and I don't want to diminish those. But until we really think about the systemic issues that sort of keep people in jobs that don't allow them to support their families, we're not going to see that much shift in this country. Yeah, and as you said before, this is definitely a period where I think a lot of workers are discovering their agency. There has been a flowering of worker organizing strategies, both informal and formal. There was a fabulous article last month about um, informal walkouts that workers were organizing in the fast food industry because they realized that they're worth and that they wanted to um, be valued on the job. At the same time, I think we're, what we're seeing right now is a lot of those workers are now running into headwinds, that the savings they had built up over the course of the pandemic are now starting to dry up. Um, they're not getting into better jobs all the time. Um, they are trying to figure out new pathways for themselves that are not always working out. And that question on my mind, really one of the big ones on my mind is for our network and our community, like what can we do to um, to help workers find the better path and to really improve their lives at this precarious moment. One of the things that I am desperate to see, which I think a lot of people are talking about, but is, is in workforce development really shifting away from pathologizing people. There's so much focus on looking at workers in this deficit mindset, right? They don't have the skills. They don't have the right credit report. They don't have the right results from a drug test. They don't have a clean record. And how we really start to pathologize the system in which we are placing workers and, and hoping that they flourish. And so how that's what's on my mind. It's like, how do we really see a mindset shift in our own field uh, that really sets workers up for success? And and how do we move beyond like assumptions and what we think might be happening? I'm curious to find out um, one of our network members, the Fund for Our Economic Future is doing some interesting research at a regional level that really is getting beyond these like, assumptions around what are we seeing right now with workers? Why, why aren't they showing up to work? They're gonna be doing a lot of uh, like meta-analysis research to find out what is being said across lots of different organizations and entities. And then they're gonna be talking with employers and they're going to be talking with workers. They're gonna be rolling out that report uh, in the coming months. Right now, they are already starting to write lots of blogs around what their research is starting to show. So I, I, I'm curious. So we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. The Fund for Our Economic Future, uh, keep an eye on what that research shows because I think that will be a pretty telling report uh, for us to learn a lot from. Yeah, I'm excited to see where that yeah. leads. I think what you're saying here reminds me that we need to approach this topic with some humility. There's still so much we don't know about um, workers in this era, especially those who may be on the border of the workforce right now, and so much that we could discover that may help guide the workforce field itself, as well as the employers we partner with um, in the years to come. We are out of time for today, but I want to thank you, Holly, for joining me. It's great to have this conversation. And for our audience, be sure to join us in the new year. Um, in between, you can visit the state of our workforce on nationalfund.org for our upcoming broadcast dates. Thank you and enjoy your very happy holiday season. Thanks, Tom.